0: Here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile... How you doing? 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 How
1: you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I don't. All right, let's do
0: it! Go. Be more constructive with your feedback, please. <laughs> Sorry, I got a fly of the Concord stuck in my head. <laughs> they, they're not that great, but they've got their moments. Um, anyway, welcome to our flicks of the week. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. Uh, we are ready to rock this joint with uh, mine, which is uh, Gerald's Game, the uh, Netflix original Stephen King adaptation. And yours is?
1: The. Terrible Robocop 3.
0: <laughs> ninja versus Robocop. Or is it Ninja or Samurai?
1: That's a ninja.
0: Ninja versus Robocop. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, news, uh, I don't feel like talking about the pedophile uh, movie producer. So instead, we'll just talk about a shitload of trailers that have come out recently. He's not a pedophile
1: movie producer. He's oh, wait. Rapist.
0: I'm sorry. Pervert. Pervert. My bad.
1: He's a rapist.
0: Perverted rapist. Okay.
1: Yeah. So
0: anyway. <laughs> and, Dude, all the Ben Affleck shit just showed up now too. It's
1: fucking far-reaching, dude. This is I know. It's it's bad. It's bad.
0: <laughs> oh, it's always been bad. Just no one wants to acknowledge it. All right. Um. Anyway. Um. All right. Let's get into this uh, Gerald's game. All right. Uh, of course everyone's on the fucking Stephen King uh, kick right now, which is awesome because you know there's I, another one coming out on Netflix called 1922. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that one. Looks like Thomas Jane lost a shitload of weight for that role, too. Mm. Uh, he looked real skinny in it, you know what I mean? He looked like a good old boy. Uh, Yeah, they're doing a, a bunch of shit, too. Skarsgård is doing another thing. He's doing, a, what is it? Uh, it's like a, I can't remember. It's like a show that's a combination of a shitload of uh, Stephen King's works or something. Anyway, we can look that up later. All right, so um, I did not know anything about this story at all. Um, I I, I know that I know the book exists for you know the last what twenty five years or so, but I never I don't know I just never you know checked it out.
1: Well, so when the movie it's not a um, one of his more popular people. People didn't like the book because it was more um, more along the lines of this uh, of like a Daniel Steele novel, uh-huh. and you know, I bought it. I, I still haven't read it. You buy the first edition, the hard hardback? Yeah. You're
0: a hardback buyer, aren't you?
1: Yes, I am. Um but it's um it's an interesting book.
0: In my most humblest of opinions, uh, even though I haven't read the book, I read the the cliff notes on it and and then watched the movie. And my 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 opinion on it without having read the book would be I could see what maybe some people's complaints might be, like uh, possibly it would have been better as one of his short stories um, instead of you know the length of a of a novel. But I haven't read it, so um, from what I understand, the, the movie is very close to how the novel is. Right. Um, and now, uh, so anyway, I checked it out and I watched you know fuck I watched it right when it dropped like at midnight on Netflix, and it is a uh, dude. For them to to turn something worthy, like ninety five percent of the film takes place in a bedroom, Mm -hmm. to make that intriguing and keep your attention the whole fucking time, is well done. It is a a very good directing, very good uh, script writing, all that stuff, adaptation, you know, adapting all that, Um, acting. Uh, It's uh, pretty much the gist of the story. Is you have a married couple, and it's uh, played by Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood. Um, they're the Berlin Games, and he's rich. He's got a shitload of money. That's why he can afford two hundred dollars Kobe beef steaks and shit like that for them to eat. And um,
1: anyway, their marriage that is, context that you just said what means nothing to nobody. No one knows what Kobe beef steaks are. No, he's rich and he can afford. <laughs> Dude, if you can have, if you can afford, no, 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 no. But my point is, is that you 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 didn't lead up to anything you just said he's rich so he can afford this stuff and i i haven't seen the 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 the, uh, the show. Yeah. yeah. So your your whole. That's fine. You have to define it. You have to I'm lead getting, up to that stuff. I, no,
0: what I'm leading up to is if I'm telling you a guy is rich and he's buying $200 Kobe beefsteaks, that tells you what kind of a rich guy he is. But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything? No.
1: You know, you have to lead up to
0: it. Anyway, they're a rich couple, and yeah, he's very successful, and uh, she's they've been married for a very long time, and their their sex life has gotten very very stale. Um, well, he wants to spice things up, so he decides to have them go on a trip to um, a cabin. It's not a cabin, but it's a house. You know, one of his right. vacation houses, and. Uh, they get there and it's very secluded. Um, the nearest neighbor is like a half mile to a mile away. Um, there's a there's a rugged dog out. There's like a, a a feral dog out there, you know. And and they shoo it away when they get there. And and they go in the house and and they start discussing, you know, talking about their plans for the weekend. And and next thing you know, it's time to get freaky. <laughs> so, um, the whole movie is about this. It is about them starting to have sex. And he. Gerald he handcuffs his wife to the bed and he's gonna he wants to, he wants to um, play this rape fantasy kind of thing right and she tries to be she tries to be game for it but overall it makes her feel creepy and fucked up so she pushes him off. And there's this a lot of discussion between them because of it. You know, he's like, he's like, I'm trying to make this work. And, and she's just like, look, I didn't even know this is how we don't talk because I didn't even know you were into this shit and all this stuff like that. You know, and anyway, while they're arguing, he ends up having a heart attack and he fucking dies. And she's stuck to this fucking bed. She can't reach her cell phone. She can't reach anything. And. The and it's cool how they they show how the front door gets left open, you know, when they're about to have sex and everything. So you know what you know you know that. But when, you, if you read how again, book, you you you. Let me do re- my fucking thing. You do your fucking thing. Leading up to it, all right. Anyway, so the whole so all of this movie is now is her on the bed trying to figure out how to get out of these handcuffs and also. She starts to hallucinate. She actually starts to hallucinate very quickly uh, within the first night, where she's having, uh, she's actually seeing another version of herself, like the confident version of herself, talking to her, Um, her her husband's talking to her, um, even though he's dead on the floor. Um, How did he die? He had a heart attack. Okay. And then she kicks him off the bed. So, and this all happens fairly at the beginning, right? Uh, and Bruce Greenwood, holy shit, man. I've always been a fan of this guy ever since, I don't know, uh, since I've seen him in iRobot or something. But every time you see him, he, he just, he's better and better and better. I think the last thing I really appreciated him in was Star Trek Into Darkness. And, and he just had a small role in that one. And
1: he was still. Yeah, didn't he play Captain Pike? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right, right. Or Admiral Pike. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and in this movie, I mean, even though, you know, at first you're like, okay, well, he's already fucking dead at the beginning of the movie, like in the first 15 minutes. And you're like, okay, well, he's gone. No, he's not gone because he keeps coming up and talking to her. And everything that she's imagining he would say, that's what he's saying to her. And what it is is so she's dealing with all this and then the fucking dog comes in and starts doing its thing and 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 she's trying to keep the dog away and, and she's hallucinating where she's, she's also flashing back to... Um, when she was a kid and they were on vacation um, with her father and her siblings and her mom and it's during an eclipse um, at the beach and and there's there's something bad that happens with that which if you've read Stephen King novels there's usually something like that that's going to be mentioned so um, there's that that ties in and it, it feeds into her becoming stronger and and it's pretty clever how it's pretty clever and disgusting how she gets out of the fucking handcuffs and and the, another thing that she hallucinates about is a guy named is a character named Moonlight, who um, you don't know if they're if he's real or not, but he's like this monster that hides in the dark, that's huge and and scares the shit out of her. And it play you'll figure it out. Everything all all questions are answered pretty much by the end of the film. I don't want to give anything else away, but um, her performance, Carla Gugino, she handles the whole movie on her own. Uh, Bruce Greenwood he compliments her so well there's a scene near the end where i how do I not give this away where you see Bruce Greenwood one more time and he doesn't say anything he just he just waves and the way he waves and the look on his face is so much better acting than I see in most actors on the screen it's that's how effective he is as an actor huh. as a seasoned actor um, and uh, anyway, uh, Gerald's Game is really good. And I mean, shit, dude, it, this movie's almost worth seeing in theaters, um, paying to see. So for it to be on Netflix, I mean, shit, definitely go check it out. And uh, like I said, if you're just remember that the whole thing's drama, there's not a whole lot of action in it. It's just a lot of psychological drama and, and flashbacking and stuff like that. And there's little teeny connections to other Stephen King things as well, which is pretty cool. So um, I highly recommend it. Uh, Gerald's Game.
1: Yeah. Wow, that was that was a short review. Yeah. I'm really surprised. Well,
0: cuz the whole uh, cuz because <laughs> since the whole entire film is set in the in the bedroom, of her stuck in the bedroom, I can't tell you too much without giving everything away. That's why. If it was one thing if it was all over the place but it's not. So anyway. So far this year we've seen two very good uh, adaptations of Stephen King's work. Um, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully we'll see some more. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, people are paying attention that, hey, if you're going to adapt this shit, do it right. Don't dark tower it.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, I'm glad you didn't give it all away. There's a in the book. Yeah. Uh
0: uh, you know what? There was a couple actors I was going to mention. I forgot about that. Oh, uh, go ahead. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, her father. When they do the flashback, her father is a very important character in her life, and he's played by Henry Thomas.
1: And which is weird, isn't he younger than her? Uh,
0: it, yeah, but when it's a flashback, she's a little kid, so she's oh, only like, oh, okay. she's like twelve right, or thirteen. Right. So yeah, it makes more sense. So yeah, you have you have Elliot mm-hmm. who plays her dad, and there's something that goes on with his character. Um, and then the wife is played by, um, Katie Siegel, who, um, she's, th- she's the mom. And the reason why I bring her up is she's the wife of the director, Mike Flanagan, who's done hor- other horror movies like Oculus and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so, hush. yeah, she's done work with him before and, and stuff like that. So anyway, um, and then the, another, um, notable actor that, uh, who plays Moonlight is, um is carol uh, striking uh, or struck in striking yeah um he has played lurch in the adams family movies um he's been on star trek the next generation yeah a, he's
1: he's definitely a character type actor yeah
0: he's huge he's got giant gigantism i think
1: yeah he's 70 years old
0: yeah i do and he's, he's lasted i mean I, I thought he died a long time ago but he didn't
1: yeah I, I i haven't um seen him in a lot but i mean look he's been in a ton of stuff he um
0: he was in the Witches of Eastwick, huh?
1: Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, Ewoks, The Battle of Endor, The Witches of Eastwick, as you said, Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm. Adams Family, Adams Family Values. Uh, he was in um, David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks.
0: He was in the The Return, also.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I,
0: I, I want to I heard that shit's amazing. Like His th-
1: brother is a Dutch is a Dutch artist who's won the twenty twelve Heineken Prize for Arts. Mm-hmm. He's also an avid photographer, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um he's been on a ton of things. Oblivion. Oblivion oh yeah, too. he was in
0: Men in Black. I keep forgetting about that.
1: Uh <laughs> yeah. Um You can kill us, but you'll
0: never take the galaxy. Correct. Well, you're right about one thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh he was St. elsewhere, Babylon five.
0: Yeah, they always have him play a fucking alien, man.
1: Yeah, he was also in the Adidas uh, video by Korn. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> no. he was also in Mexican Radio. Huh. Oh, I am on the... That's uh, that's cool. Um, I remember in the book about the dog doing. Yeah. Worse things to Gerald. Um. Not. Oh. I mean, I don't mean rapey things, but I mean it's.
0: I mean the movie does show a little bit. It's uh yeah.
1: But um in the novel in and of itself, but Stephen King,
0: I'm pretty sure Stephen King's definitely going to be more graphic with it.
1: Yeah. Well, like um
0: the way the movie does it's effective and it. It it gets the point across fairly well.
1: Yeah. Without right. going too far over the top. Yeah, the uh, as you can see the uh <laughs>
0: Yeah. God, dude. When it comes to that part with the handcuff man. Goddamn. damn. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so in the novel he uh Gerald is a successful lawyer. Uh. Uh-huh. Um and he's he's very aggressive. Um he does have a heart attack. Uh and she is alone. You see, they're in a cabin in in the book. Okay. Uh and she's stuck in the bed uh hungry stray dog um i'm not going to get into that but the the dog does you know bite on gerald <laughs> but it's supposed to be it, it, in the book it's obviously it's 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 um more graphic yeah um if you want to read it the, the the best thing to do is read the book you know yeah if you've already watched the movie r- w- then read the book to see what the difference is, um, and it has the it has connections to uh, uh, Dolores Claymore, yes, as well. which has connections to the Dark Tower, yeah, um, specifically like a, a painting and things like that. So, um, well, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot, uh, the book, yeah, the book, yeah. It, like I said, they 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 kind of. Thought that Stephen King went <laughs> off the rails a little bit.
0: You know what, man? I I, I, it I like it when 92. he changes it up, man. I so do I. You know what I mean? It's like what he's supposed to write a monster fucking book every time.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it. Everybody gets used to one thing, you know, like right? Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, one expects Pulp Fiction from Tarantino every time. Exactly. So yeah. when King comes out with Gerald's Game, they're like, oh, it's not horror enough. He's not. He's a. He's a. He's a writer. Yeah, you know. Just because he decides to, you know, write in one genre or another Mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything. Look at Clive Barker. You know, he started off in horror. Yeah. And then, (laughs) well. Clive Barker I'd call more gorer than anything. No, not really. He's not any worse than King. He in, in most of his stories now are in fact I mean if you have you read any of Clyde Barker's stuff? No. I haven't. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm going just, I'm
0: going off of what you've told me. You've told me that even Stephen King says that Clyde Barker is a scary motherfucker. Yeah, in his that.
1: earlier works, his later works, he's it's not scary. Like if you have read the Scarlet Gospels, which I highly recommend. Is that the final Pinhead one? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it I was disappointed. Because it was supposed to be a longer novel, and it ended up only being like three hundred pages. It was. It was. They oh. cut. Uh, they cut seven hundred pages out of that. God damn! And it's supposed to. There was supposed to be a lot of stuff going on. Even Clyde Barker said that the the novel was supposed to end with them in Scotland at a graveyard. So and, it
0: was supposed to be the ultimate capper.
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe he's holding off on those extra thousand pages to. You know kind of give a Backstory or Mm -hmm. write you know Put out another Scarlet Gospels novel like a prequel type of thing Or you know to add on to it I don't Know Uh, all I know is is that When it's not I mean there are some Really cool scenes in it but it's not like Horror yeah You know it's not it's not You know fucking Friday the 13th Or Texas Chainsaw Massacre wearing faces And things like that although that does happen in in a lot of his novels. Yeah. Um, his novels are more magical. You know, they're more about magic and, and the human condition and and terrifying things, not horror, but terrifying things. Yeah. And that's what Stephen King was trying to go for with Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne. And and it's not Claiborne, it's Claiborne. I say Claiborne. I know, but a lot of people think it's Claiborne. Oh. Uh, even me. I used to, uh, it's Dolores Claiborne. Yeah. And,
0: well, I've seen the movie like three times, so
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, it's and Gerald's game is supposed to be a companion piece to Dolores Claiborne. Mm. And when it, when it comes right down to it, King is a writer. It doesn't matter. I mean, you've seen, you've read his Dark Tower series. You know um, that he likes to connect his stuff. And uh, apparently, it's been all subconscious connection, mm-hmm. connection, connections. <laughs> and. Uh, Ultimately, if you can if you can get beyond the fact that some of these writers don't care about their genre. They just like to write and however it comes about is how it comes about. Yeah, they're influenced by it, they like it, but they're not necessarily it's like J. K. Rowling being the Harry Potter or wizard or fantasy writer yeah or you know bob salvatore being the dungeons and dragons writer things like that
0: it's like when um uh god damn it i know her name suzanne um she did the twilight books right Um, i think it was was susan brown Uh, anyway um when she wrote the twilights and then she came out with the host and the host is more alien oriented um people were disappointed a lot of people were disappointed about it because you know uh, susan meyer that's her name susan meyer um when yeah they you know when the host comes yeah, out stephanie meyer stephanie i was close <laughs> stephanie Meyer it's all good yeah so yeah people people were expecting more oh more vampire you know teenage angst shit and then right she does fucking alien you know uh symbiotes and shit and
1: and people are just like i don't get it it's, what's this body snatcher shit yeah well as
0: she's a fucking writer she look She's not obligated. Uh, she's dude, wait a minute, wait a minute. You she, a, she's a writer, but you have, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me go here for a minute. I have read all four Twilight books, and I read their little miniature spinoff prologue one they had. And I will tell you this: she, her writing is fucking really good. It's the movies that turned out to be mediocre. Okay.
1: Stephen King. The real difference between the real difference is that Jill Rowling is a terrific writer, and Stephanie Meyer can't write worth a damn. <laughs> She's not very good. Well, people uh, are
0: I, look, I, I'm not going to debate with Stephen King.
1: I am not here Stephen. we go. People are attracted by the stories by the pace, and in the case of Stephanie Meyer, it's very clear that she's writing to a whole generation of girls and opening up kind mm-hmm. of a safe joining of love and sex in those books. I can see that. Yeah, it's exciting and it's thrilling and it's not particularly threatening because it's not overtly sexual. A lot of the physical side of it is conveyed in things like the vampire will touch her forearm or run a hand over her skin. Yeah. And she just flushes all hot and cold. Mm-hmm. And for girls, that's shorthand for all the feelings that they're not ready to deal with yet. Uh, Meyer's been, I'm not going to get into that bullshit. <laughs> criticizing. Um, she's been criticized not just for that, but um, the fact that uh, the vampires and the werewolf thing. Yeah. Is a is is a ripoff of the uh, White Wolf is it White Wolf Werewolf series, and um, I think I read right about that a long time ago. Uh, Stephanie Meyer, I I don't want to get too much into this. Stephanie Meyer, um, <sighs> uh, vampire, oh, not vampire. <laughs> Let's try a vampire.
0: <laughs> Campfire.
1: Um controversy. Yeah. Uh she's over the franchise. Whatever. Um, yeah
0: yeah, because it's but fucking uh, uh god damn it. What's the name of that company? I know the company, too. That, that bugs the shit out of me. Anyway, um, the company that owns the rights to... Uh, the oh, film, Vampire the Masquerade, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, the film rights. Uh, they um, they want to make more. You know, they want to do some Twilight spinoffs and stuff like that. But, you know, my opinion is by them putting a different director on every fucking movie tells me that they weren't even taking this series th- seriously enough anyway. They didn't, like, you know, have the same director and make, make a better fucking quality film. Right? You know that series just, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was a fad. It, you know.
1: <laughs> so, my my movie review. Okay, so RoboCop's free. This is
0: why. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a a
1: series. Yeah, Fuck. I um. RoboCop was on this weekend, the, uh-huh. the entire series, one, two, and three, on uh, HDNet or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it's like it's like starting at
0: the top of a mountain and then slowly going down a hill.
1: And uh, <laughs> they started off by showing the uh, director's cut of RoboCop, which is the unrated or the X-rated cut or whatever yeah. you want to call it, which adds like a total of 30 seconds to the whole movie, which is funny. But... It's alternate takes and. Um, Warrior. Yeah, uh, a lot more visceral. Visceral. <laughs> 1993 comes out. And now Frank Miller had written Robocop 2 and 3. That's why he's in Robocop 2. Uh-huh. When um, when Kane's like, Frank, you know, add some more sc- scalloping. S- scopolamine. Scopolamine. Yeah. It's
0: sc- making my teeth Scopolamine. Sc- scopolamine.
1: <laughs> Cut it. <laughs> Cut it with whatever he said. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Anyways, that's Frank Miller. Yeah. And um, elements of his screenplay showed up in RoboCop 3, which yeah. is the flying RoboCop, and a couple of like the ninja dude, right? Yeah. The robot The other robot. Um, Nancy Allen dies in the, the first like half of the movie. Do you, hey. mind
0: if, do you mind if I say something really quick about that? Yeah, go ahead. That pissed me off so much. It reminded me exactly of Beverly Hills Cop Part Three, where they kill um, Detective uh, or you know, Inspector Todd. Um, you know uh, Eddie Murphy, Axel Foley's, uh, and, you know his commander um, from Detroit. They kill him right at the beginning of the fucking movie, right. and that's why Eddie Murphy goes and chases the killer to fucking back to Beverly Hills to join a theme park. Right, Fuck right. you.
1: Um, Killing Inspector Todd Nancy Allen Fuck you guys Shitty writers I mean Fred Fred Decker Who who directed the movie Did Monster Squad Which is a huge Popular movie
0: Wolfman's got nards
1: Yeah um, I don't even know How to go with this <laughs> It's so bad dude This is look it's Fred like TV series Fred Decker wrote it directed it it was based on now it says story by Frank Miller here uh, in, um, in 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 uh, Wikipedia if you look at the credits it's directed by Frank Fred Decker it's screenplay by Fred Decker based on a story by Fred Decker not Frank Miller hmm now the story wasn't by Frank Miller Frank Miller had nothing to do with RoboCop 3. Elements of his story from RoboCop 2 seeped into RoboCop 3. Yeah, they bastardized his shit. Um, Those
0: bastards.
1: John Burke plays RoboCop. Nancy Allen's in it. Rip Torn's in it. Most of the original cast isn't even in it except for... uh, um, is the captain there? The captain, yeah. Okay. Um, what doesn't make any sense to me is this. So the, the movie picks up, and OCP's on the verge of bankruptcy after a series of failed business plans and drops of stock, which is <laughs> fucking du- stupid. The first movie sets everything up. Mm-hmm. Six months, they are going to start construction on Delta, old Detroit. Delta City. Right and and then Robocop Robocop two comes along the the movie, and that completely wipes out everything that Robocop set up, yeah, and then Robocop three comes along, and it's just basically it's a made for t v movie it's horrendous,
0: yeah, fucking Peter Weller didn't even come back
1: yeah he's he's got a fucking he's got an arm gun that he can. Switch back and forth on, yeah. You know the fucking the the samurai dude cuts off the, the the ninja robot cuts off his arm perfectly, so that he can fit this gun on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. The beginning of the movie is uh, Nancy Allen's character Lewis and a whole bunch of other uh, uh cops get stuck in uh, uh, one of the zones that's that's demilitarized zone? Yeah. I don't know if it's the DMZ. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, she's... She's stuck in this this zone that's controlled by this gang. Okay. That's what I'm trying to get Just at. it's like a war zone. Yeah. And and the gang comes out of nowhere. It's kind of like the warriors. Come out and play. Or it's kind of
0: like Predator 2 maybe yeah. at the beginning of that where they have all the fucking... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And... And they start throwing Molotov cocktails all around the cars, and things are burning. And and RoboCop is chasing these bad guys that were uh, that are need to be apprehended by OCP's new um, military cop guys. Yeah. And basically, the people that he's chasing are 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 um, refugees. You know, they're not bad guys. They just they're they're rebels, right? Yeah. And he hears that. He hears that Lewis is in trouble So he turns around And he's driving around He gets close to where they're at And he jumps off You know He jumps the car off the building Yeah You know After putting on his little gun And then For no reason whatsoever He shoots a hole Into his car roof To pop out Right And then starts You know Shooting at all the bad guys It makes no fucking sense (laughs) This whole movie Doesn't make any sense you know, uh, Kanemitsu Corporation is, is buys a controlling stock in OCP mm-hmm. and is trying to finance the Delta City plan. Um, they come up with a whole new Robocop idea, which is these samurai dudes. And there's a lot of good in it for ideas, yeah. but it's poorly executed. Yeah. Fred Decker is not a good action movie director. But he did Monster Squad, so how can you fuck up after doing Monster Squad and then putting together a piece of shit like this. Um, the budget tells me a lot. Um, and I bet there was a shitload of rewrites on this thing. Uh well, you know, it's based on a story by Fred Decker with a screenplay by Fred Decker.
0: And I think that I it, think I think also that the fact that Peter Weller didn't have faith in it and they didn't want to pay him enough to come back for it, that tells me something too.
1: I think Orion Picture's fucked up genuinely with this. Ah, uh, CCH Pounders in it, Rip Torn's in it, uh, Nancy Allen's in it for a little bit. Stephen Root, uh, Mako is in it. Stephen Root's in it. <laughs> Stephen Root's one of the best characters in the movie. I love Stephen Root, man. And um, everything else about it. Bradley it, Whitford. Yeah, Bradley Whitford's in it. Um, it's everything else about it is just fucking garbage. You know, it's all. They, they they want to talk about the lawyers, you know, getting involved with the Roboto- RoboCop program, which is uh, pulled from Part Two. Um, they they add in you know fucking RoboCop's jetpack, yeah, which it flies through the city, no, which he, is awful. No, he's Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah, you know it's <laughs> <laughs> every. Thing about this is garbage. GPD, <laughs> <Yeah>. roll out. <laughs> yeah, as old Detroit is being cleaned up, Kanamatsu arrives on the scene. He's the, the chairman of Kanamatsu Corporation mm-hmm. and and OCP. He fires the OCP president, which is played by Rip Torn, and orders the shutdown of OCP and cancellation of its Detroit operations before finally bowing to Robocop and his group in deference. Bullshit. More like vast deference. Yeah, it's just, it's fucking, it's dumb. The bad guy that they have in there is called McDaggett, and he's he's like this Nazi esque soldier. Um, yeah, he's 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 just a piece of shit that thinks that they they need to control everybody, and in his little one man army, yeah, is is going through old Detroit and arresting everybody and putting him into these rehab centers. You know, it would have been better if they had just kept with the original line of within 6 months. So all of this stuff more RoboCop 1, 2 and 3 takes place within these let's say 6 to 9 months. Yeah. of of from old Detroit to new Detroit or Delta City, right? And and you have you have to have see the Kurtwood Smith character. So I don't know, I can't remember if if um When he's negotiating the Coke stuff. Yeah. I can't remember that dude died. The Coke dealer guy.
0: Oh, yeah. He got shot. He got shot by his own people. Right. Because the guy accidentally turned, after he got shot by Robocop, he turned around and and shot him accidentally. Right. And he fell back into all his crates and shit. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So
1: there's a vacuum there, which if you take Kane and then put him in that role. Yeah. Okay. And then you have another person like Dick Jones. You need a Dick Jones. Yeah. And you need a Kurtwood Smith, or you need a Clarence Boddicker, and and Kane fits like the Dick Jones guy, but he's going to be the cocaine, for lack of a better purpose, you know, the cocaine king of of Detroit, right?
0: Or, or even the nuke king, if you wanted to yeah, bring the, that in, the new drug.
1: Yeah, you know, but it's not just nuke; it's nuke and co. It's it's the drug trade.
0: Yeah, it's all the illegal uh, shit. Right.
1: So, yeah. but nuke is the new thing, right? And then you have then you have a Dick Jones type of guy and then you have a Clarence Boddicker type of guy. Yeah. Because these voids have to be filled. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So you have someone who's next in line to Dick Jones and it's not it's not uh Miguel Ferrer's buddy <laughs> the black know. guy. Yeah. Whoever he was. I can't remember his name right now. But it's gonna be someone else, whoever number three in line is, right? Yeah. And then from there they're going to do the same exact thing, which is they they want to make money for OCP by, use, by, by manipulating the drug trade. Yeah. Okay? And then you have RoboCop. And then what you do is the RoboCop, because there's always going to be a next generation, so three months later they come up with a RoboCop 2 deal. Yeah. Right? And a brand new Ed 209, which is Kane. Kane is the new Ed 209. Right? He dies. Yeah. Same way. But he becomes the new Ed 209 series, and then you focus on—you're not focusing on OCP; you're focusing on security concepts, right? So you you have a new guy—you have the guy that was um, Miguel for the black guy, yeah—who takes over for security concepts in the Robocop program, and then you have another person that takes over and does the Robocop 2 program, while the head guy, the number three, which is now number two, which is the new Dick Jones takes over for the ed 209 series because he sees what what dick was trying to do with the yeah. ed 209 series you know years and years of parts and this and that and yeah it all set up and he who builds, cared
0: if worked or not yeah
1: <laughs> and he builds the Kane model which is the new ed 209 yeah you call it the ed you know the ed 309 series or whatever you want to call yeah. it right or 209b while construction is starting on Delta City. Yeah. And then you go from there. And then in part three, construction is... They've, they've already started construction on, on the city, so they're moving everybody out, right? Yeah. And that, that, again, leads to new possibilities. There's still the drug trade going on. Yeah. You still have all the characters from number two because you're not going to kill off your new Dick Jones, and you're not going to kill off... The Ed two o the the Ed two o nine B series or Kane series. Yeah,
0: because the main battles with Kane anyway.
1: Right, and and you're going to stretch that out, right? Yeah. To the third to the third movie, much like Empire to Jedi, okay, or 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 whatever other movies you know, Lord of the Rings, right. So you don't—you're saying
0: you didn't want a a robot ninja to come in? No, that was fucking dumb. <laughs> it is dumb.
1: But what they do is they they build in, in the third one between the second and the third one because now Robocop has been injured or not injured, but he he can't be he can't be fixed properly. So mm-hmm. they're using old parts because they weren't prepared for this type of model. So yeah. the parts are still coming on down the line. So. While while that's in the process, they build a new Robocop, right? Yeah. Who's a sl- who is that ninja type, right? Yeah. He's He's sleeker, looks more human. And they go from there. And and that leads to a big fight and a brawl and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, dude, it, it's the long line of shitty sequels that no one wants to see or talk about ever again. Right. You know, Superman for the quest for peace, you know, and... and things like that it's, oh I get it yeah it's fucking bad I I agree I've only seen this movie once and it was when it was new I rented it on videotape and watched it and I was utterly disappointed and I never wanted anything to do with it ever again
1: yeah I've only seen it one time before this <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, that was that
0: I hated it so much that I was more willing to watch that entire first season of, of the Robocop the series than fucking that movie dude I, I fuck that movie yeah
1: <laughs> suck it, goddamn. Anyways, that's uh, a
0: three percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Yeah, I can't even give it that. I can't even give it a three. That's fucking hilarious. Three percent. I give it a. I give it a point five.
0: Was there another? There's a movie that came out recently. Uh, Flatliners is like at four percent approval rating. You know, it it was at zero. It was at zero for fucking like two weeks, and then all of a sudden, now it's got four percent. What asshole? What fucking self deluded asshole comes around and actually gives a thumbs up to that fucking movie? What movie? The Flatliners remake.
1: Oh, um, I could tell you, but it would probably <laughs> piss off some people <laughs> because you are on you are on one of the movie boards, and these people are like, "Oh, this movie is pretty good," <laughs> and this movie sucked. Yeah, like, right. like Robo, like Blade Runner sucks. The new Blade Runner twenty forty nine sucks, but. You know, it, it's getting like fucking across the board ninety percent.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's running away with it,
1: and everybody likes it. It's
0: got, I'm pretty sure it's going to be up for every technical Oscar when it when uh, you know next year when the season when it comes out. Right. So anyway, um, all right, uh, I don't feel like talking about Harvey Weinstein right now because we, we we already we got
1: shit going on with that, so don't, I'm not going to yeah, worry about it.
0: Yeah, we already, we already talked about the perversion last week. <laughs> Not knowing it was going to get worse. Yeah,
1: he's <laughs> he's he's a scumbag, and he doesn't understand why everybody is against him. Literally, there was a fucking he he saddened I, incident. Yeah, yeah, he's he's saddened and and uh, upset. Yeah, that n- no one understands him or understands what's going on. Like, really. You're you're fuck. You've been doing this for fucking ever since you were an executive at Miramax. Yeah. Ever since you were an executive with before the Weinstein Company, exploiting his position. Yeah, and you've done nothing but treat women like garbage, and it continues on, and and it doesn't just continue on with in in Hollywood. It continues on in in your local markets and your Walmarts and yeah. and all this other stuff because I've seen it firsthand and I've and I've witnessed people be treated and it's not just women it's it's people that are quote unquote different mm-hmm. and I'm not downplaying the women thing because you know I I I want to say this across the board what Harvey Weinstein done, has done is fucking garbage okay. he's a piece of shit and treating women like this but I'm talking about Transgenders as well Yeah Okay I know I know specifically Of incidences Where people treat Transgender You know Men going into The women thing Yeah uh, And I haven't seen it With the women going Into the men thing But I have seen it With that Where they call it It mm-hmm. And I'm sorry I said it They call it it <laughs> But it's You know They call them Yeah It They don't, They won't say He she Now I I, I subconsciously Continually say He you know, yeah. or she, when it comes to the person. So when I'm talking about a person, yeah. and they're transitioning, whatever the gender is, they're transitioning from to, I'm still not used to it. So I say it with, but it's not condescending. Yeah. I don't say, well, he or it. Look, I, it doesn't bother me if someone makes a verbal
0: mistake. It depends on if there's hatred in their heart about it or not. Correct. Okay, and you can tell. Okay, as long as you're an open-minded person and you're willing to actually hear someone out. You can tell if they're bad if they if they hate the, if that kind of person or not. Right. I don't hate that kind of person. I don't fully understand it, but I understand. It's not your job
1: to understand it.
0: Exactly. I. I. i you know, You're just
1: not that type of person. I don't
0: even, I don't even like saying that I, I accept it. I don't think I need to accept it. I don't need to tolerate it. I I'm fine. You you live your life, okay? You live your life. I live my life, and you do what's best for you. Right. If that, if, if you truly feel deep down that that's what's best for you, then you go fucking do it. Right. That's simple. So, um, yeah, do, and look, I think also the fact that it shows what kind of an upper echelon predator he is is that um, he he um, kind of uh, riddled through who he, he fucked with and who he didn't. If you notice, there were certain actresses he didn't treat that way, like, like uh, Meryl Streep. She never fucking knew about it. She said, look, he's a piece of shit, but he never acted that way with me, which means he knew who he could fuck with and who not to fuck with. You know what I mean? That's even more predator-like. You know, because that's like methodical. That's planning. That's, you know, he's going to sit there and now he's going to do this why pity me shit. Right. Like, I, oh, oh, I have a sickness. Fuck you.
1: Yeah, you don't have a sickness. You're a fucking piece of shit.
0: Fuck that guy. That guy is, uh, you know... I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt but when, when shit is so overwhelming against someone like a landslide is <laughs> you know
1: Gwyneth Paltrow Mira Savino
0: you know I yeah I just
1: uh, Rose McGowan is the biggest yeah, one yeah she's the big one uh, Kate Beckinsale Tammy Ann or Tommy Ann Roberts um, Kate Beckinsale when she was 17 damn um, Rosanna Arquette
0: Damn.
1: There's a woman at his company. um, Catherine Kendall, who is in Swingers. Liza Campbell. Uh, There's Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Dude, he might as well be a fucking
1: defrocked priest. fucking, he's a serial, this is serial, Mira Servino.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I'd like to see Paul fucking bust down the door and kick his ass. Um,
1: (laughs) Ashley Judd.
0: Yeah, Ashley Jewell was a big one.
1: Judith Goodrich. Uh, and
0: you notice, look at all this Asia evidence. Asia Argento. All this evidence, right?
1: Angelina Jolie, Zelda Perkins. And yet,
0: and yet it, it gets swept every year. And this is something we're going to lead into with another podcast eventually.
1: Romola Garai.
0: This shit like this just keeps getting swept under the rug. And Don look Dunning. at Unless something major happens, which it never fucking does, because this isn't a Hollywood movie, all right? This shit will probably... Get swept under the rug, and people won't mention anything. Uh,
1: I don't think this one's going to get swept under the rug. He's been ousted from the Weinstein Company. Leah Sadoy, S- Sadoo, um, Sarah Ann Mass, Here's my Emma th- De- DeCount.
0: This is what I think. I think that because of it being so overwhelming on him, on his end, that the other people that do similar shit like this, and maybe even worse they they're like oh we need to put a sacrifice out there. So they fucking sacrifice him out there like you have to bite the bullet my no, friend. No.
1: That this is not a sacrifice. You know what I mean? This is not a sacrifice.
0: No, no okay, I'm not saying he didn't do this shit. I'm not saying No, that dude, all.
1: this is not this is not the fucking Illuminati putting someone out there and saying you need to sacrifice yourself. This has all the earmarks of well, it of of a writer for the New York Times uh-huh. who has written extensively about all of this shit, and it finally came to light. Someone finally said, "Let's we need to look into this more.
0: And they finally spotlighted it.
1: This is not a fucking Illuminati, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> f- <laughs> this is the, the, the bullshit uh, I, conspiracy theory.
0: I don't put anything past anything anymore. Yeah, um, it's not. That's fine. You can say it all you want, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the only thing left I have to say about this is like w- how the Ben Affleck thing came out right afterwards. And I've seen two videos: one where the girl says he grabbed the side of her boob when he reached around her, and he apologized for that one. I'm not saying that that might that might not be you know that might be enough, but there's also the thing called context about situations where you're in, and then the other one where the girl's sitting on his lap. What she's even said herself, that they do that every single time. And look, I'm not saying that he's a fucking stand-up guy, you know, because I think he was dating Jennifer Garner at the time or even married to her by then when he was first doing that video. But, I mean, I that, that vibe I got from that shit was that they're fucking, okay? And she's just super shy because she's starstruck by him and that they're fucking. That's why he played with her the way he played with her. You know, I... <laughs> Do I think he's an idiot for doing it on camera? Yes, but it is what it is. I don't. Th- I, me personally, I don't think in any in certain, most ways you can you can compare what Affleck was doing to what Weinstein's doing. Unless more shit comes out, then I'll. I'll it, change
1: it's that. prevalent with Casey Affleck too.
0: I yeah, I heard something about Casey Affleck um, too, but I, I. You know what? Here's the thing. When you have all these celebrities who you know they they have sex with other people, they you know they're they're rich. They do they have parties. They do all this fun stuff all the time. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have the people, the sycophants that come in, you know, and try to say, to exaggerate things and and things. So, uh, like, I, I always take the grain of salt with all these stories until it becomes overwhelming, like with Bill Cosby or with Weinstein, you know, with Harvey. So. Um, until the shit becomes overwhelming with Ben Affleck, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. You can't. (laughs) The benefit of the doubt.
1: (laughs) You you can't give Ben Affleck the benefit of the doubt. You can't give any of these people the benefit of the doubt anymore. Anything. It is fucking unacceptable. And if they're going to continue to do this, then I will stop seeing their movies. Well, I'm pretty much going to stop seeing their movies. I can't say that I'm going to. (laughs) It is fucking unacceptable. I don't care who you are and how much I like you as a filmmaker. Yeah. I have reservations about Kevin Smith. I I am not giving him the benefit of the doubt.
0: He came out and said something about... Doesn't,
1: doesn't matter. He knew what was going on. Oh. They oh. all knew what was going on. This is bullshit. And it's been hidden for years... Because of payoffs and NDAs.
0: And people want to be able to make money so they don't want to blacklist themselves. So they keep their mouths shut.
1: Correct. Yeah. So I don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore. If you are in the press and you... Now, sexual harassment is one thing. Mm -hmm. What Harvey Weinstein did is a completely separate subject. Yeah. You have to look at sexual harassment from a point of view of being completely objective. Yeah. Which is the person that is alleging the sexual harassment versus the person that did the sexual harassment. Okay. And what is the definition of sexual harassment? We don't know.
0: It's usually it's by who it's being done to. Their perception of uh, the person it's being done to. So if you feel like someone has, has gone over the line with you in a sexual way, then that feels like harassment.
1: That's exactly what it is. If you've gone over the line, you know, and, and over the line is touching or, or whatever Harvey Weinstein exposing. was doing, exposing, using your, using your power to yeah. uh, give jobs or take jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, Harvey Weinstein is a predator
1: and he is
0: they're all fucking predators and yeah look i we'll get into more of this shit later on on a on a a separate type of thing but um yeah i I do believe that these fuckers do need to be called out and shit needs to be changed big time because you keep the perverts in charge for this long and guess what it just keeps breeding more and more perverts doesn't it yep all right so uh before we end this one um just a shitload of uh, trailers dropped recently I um the ones worth mentioning dude was The Last Jedi that one was fucking uh hold on a second what really fast (laughs) go All right. so The Last Jedi trailer was fucking pretty cool and uh everyone's got a big boner about that even the director was like uh if you don't want any like you know spoilers you might not want to watch it and I I don't. I think personally, should have kept his fucking mouth shut because now it's making me assume that. Oh yeah, they definitely there's certain things that are going to happen that that the trailers you know hinting at. So whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. There's only been two fucking trailers off of the movie anyway. Uh, there was Keanu Reeves' uh, new movie that has no release date yet called Replicas. Looks interesting where he uh, he cloned his whole family. Uh, there's uh what is it the the tri- the, the sequel to the movie No One Never Cared About. Uh, Skyline has a sequel called Beyond Skyline.
1: <laughs> didn't even know about that.
0: yeah uh, it's got Frank Grillo in it and the jungle is set during the same time as the events of Sky the first movie set fucking seven years ago um, when it came out 10 million dollar budget. that's why it was such a big deal because of all the visual effects it had for only 10 million bucks. Um, and then uh, the fourth one is a Netflix original film coming out on October 20th called Wheelman. Uh, that also has Frank Grillo in the starring role, and it's pretty much—he pretty much plays the transporter with a New York accent, and that's it. So, um, it looks interesting. I—I I, I will watch it, especially since it's showing up on Netflix. But other than that, what the—is f- that my Oscar Q music to shut to fucking end wind things up? Yeah, is that my wind? Apparently. <laughs> All right. What the? F- <clears throat> so yeah, those are my. F- uh, Gerald's game, my flip of the week, my flick of the week, and you got your Robocop 3 bullshit, and that's it. That's all I got. All right. I'm me, you're you. Listen this shit. Okay. Woo woo.
1: Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches.
0: <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com. And please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night.
1: This is the end. It's the end. The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust!
0: Argo, fuck yourself.